Welcome to the podcast that fuels the minds of ambitious business owners. Fuel provides business owners like you with easy to digest, bite-sized learnings to help grow your capability and keep you on track to achieving your version of success. Our expert speakers will draw on their own experiences and share valuable insights into areas that matter most in business. Hi, thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Paul Hobbs, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Sam Ogle and Jess Teachin, both directors at Plusmore Hawke's Bay, and we're going to fuel your minds on all things cash flow. So guys, tell me about the common strains or issues or problems that businesses have with cash flow. Sure. I mean, I think one of the first things is probably understanding cash flow. And when I say that, I mean understanding the difference between your bank statement and your statement of profit and loss or your accounting, if you like. So put simply cash versus accounting. Um, people really struggle to understand why their bank account doesn't represent the net profit they're showing on their on, on their net profit on their profit and loss, sorry. So so then what is the difference? Just can you give me a nutshell definition of what the difference is then? So I guess the difference is all about timing. So um, you might issue a sales invoice which reflects well on your profit and loss. So you're you know making sales and you're you're you put a profit at the end of the day. However, it's all about getting that cash in the door. And a lot of businesses really struggle with what we call the cash conversion cycle, which is effectively um, the time it takes um, from investing in, say, your inventory or your um, employees' time and converting that into actual cash sales. So um, from the time you invoice, you just need to get that cash in the door faster. So there's various tools that we can talk about to sort of get that cash in your bank account faster. But I think that's probably one of the, the key issues is just, you know, and I think second to that would be probably understanding those expenses or those so those outgoings that aren't expenses. So when we look at someone's expenditure, they've got entertainment, they've got um, things like you know interest, they've got things like rent, etc. But then in their actual cash out, they've still got principal payments. Those aren't expenses, but it's still cash leaving your bank account. We're buying assets. Well, they're not expenses; they're assets, but they're still leaving your bank account. So it's making sure that we have that little bit of education to understand or reconciling back between, as I say, you know, your cash versus your accounting. And so that's where we sort of come in and perhaps do a, a cash flow statement as opposed to just a profit and loss and a balance sheet. And the cash flow statement sort of ties those two reports together and gives you a true indication of where your cash is going rather than just the profit and loss items, as Sam said. So you talked about some of those areas where cash is going. What are some of those areas where cash does sort of seep out and go in different directions and it's not being, <laughs> and it's not being sort of controlled or, or acknowledged perhaps? Storings. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> we're on the same, exactly the same wavelength. But yeah, like we're talking about and we're talking to our audience today, which are you know, the SMEs, your small to medium-sized enterprise, and they typically are owner-operators. And what that sometimes means is it feels like we get confused between our own personal bank accounts and our company's or our business's bank account. And so therefore drawings. So some people will basically live their life through the business and they, they find they struggle to then understand why it's seeping cash. And it's typically because it's got a new world, you know, every other day, it's got cafe, it's got this, it's got home power paid for. Um, or equally, we have some people out there who literally look at the bank account and just take what's left and don't understand what the next 30 days might look like in terms of cash needs. Um, they're just really, really taking a gamble in terms of, to Jess's previous point, collecting from their invoices on time. Yeah, and that's Is been... that quite commonplace? 
Is that as commonplace as it might seem? That, that, that people are just drawing on those two scenarios you've talked about there? Yeah, yeah definitely. I and mean, then that, that becomes a real, oh, a real issue at tax time because, of course, those those dates sort of, you know, come sort of three times or four times a year or GST periods. Um, if they're just taking cash as it hits the bank account, then all of a sudden they've got to pay this massive GST bill and they're like, ooh, where's all the cash gone? Um, so forward planning and forecasting is super key when it comes to cash flow. Yeah. And I guess discipline. So how do you set those strategies or boundaries or parameters that you sort of work in to get something that's that's much more workable and sustainable? Yeah, and I, and I think there's an acknowledgement there too that drawings are okay. They just need to be planned. So it's more about, and, and to plan those drawings, we actually have to understand, maybe not to the nth degree, but we need to understand what the client's home life or home budget at the very least is like. It's none of our business what they spend their money on, but we kind of need to know what they probably need to take from the business to make sure that it's actually sustainable. So that's probably one of the key things in terms of that discipline. If we're doing a forecast, then we're planning. So that's a great discipline already, but we've, we've, as part of that planning, we need to know what's required to be taken home as well. Mm, exactly. So, I mean, people go into business to sort of maintain a, a, the, the lifestyle that they like. So sometimes it's quite good to kind of work backwards. So think, okay, well, what do I need to maintain that lifestyle or achieve these personal goals? And then work backwards to um, then work out, you know, what your sales need to look like or what that cash conversion cycle needs to be for you to actually have that cash hitting the bank account when you need it. So they need to be pretty honest with both themselves and, I guess, their advisors. Oh, absolutely. Like, as I say, we sound like we're kind of being critical. We're not. We're absolutely not critical. Life is life. We fully get that. We've just got to make sure we plan for it because, you know, that business feeds potentially many mouths, <laughs> not just the owners as well. So there is an element, I guess, of accountability. Yeah. Excuse the pun. It can be a little bit confronting as well. It's kind of like when you go to the bank, you have to fill in that form with all your outgoings. It's the same sort of with us if we were doing a cash flow forecast exercise. It's, yeah, you really have to make sure that you cover all basis and, and, and be upfront with you know what, what you're doing in terms of what your drawings will look like. So if we set aside owners and their drawings, what are some of the other risks that, that are sort of into that cash flow that impact on cash flow? Yeah, I, I would probably add to that finance. Um, so, you know, I talked about before about buying assets out of cash. When we don't buy assets out of cash, in other words, we put them on finance, either with a bank or a second tier or worse, third third tier or, you know, kind of uh, any old Tom, Dick and Harry who will give us a, give us some money. Um, we need to make sure that we allow for those repayments as well. Um, so that's another little area that can show a bit of slippage. The other area of slippage to be perfectly honest, is all about collections if you're a non-cash business. So we're saying cash a lot. So a cash business, for example, would be hospitality. They take it there and then at the bar. Um, a non-cash business might be um, a, a contractor or, or someone in construction where they're, they're raising an invoice um, with a seven or 30 day sort of scenario in terms of payment. So what about this? So. So have you guys got any examples of where you've seen some of these common pitfalls take place in businesses you're dealing with? Sure. So um, I've got a couple of clients that are sort of one-man band um, tradies, so builders, electricians, plumbers, and um, they struggled with getting cash in the door faster like we've just spoken about. And uh, one of the things that they, well, one in particular just recently did was enable the payment services feature within their accounting software. They, in this instance, use Zero. So what you can actually do is enable this feature. It is a fee to use it. I think it's a 
per transaction fee, but it means that when you send an invoice out, there's a pay now button. So they do the job, they send the invoice out, hopefully sort of within the five days of doing the work, ideally on the day. So it's at the front of their customer's mind. And then once they receive that invoice via email, the customer can then just really easily click pay now, chuck in their payment details, and the invoice is paid on that day. And that quite commonly sort of is paid before that due date, which is an awesome way to just get that cash in the door faster, making it easier for customers. That's the key. Because it is a bit of a hassle having to, you know, copy the bank account number and chuck it in your bank and all that kind of stuff. So it's just making it as easy as possible for your customer to pay you faster. Are there any other little sort of, I mean, that seems a almost incredibly simple sort of strategy. Are there other ways that you can get sort of um, payments come through the door quicker? Well, I think at the other end of the scale in terms of size of business, if we start thinking about, and, and it's particularly relevant to the whole of New Zealand, we all love houses actually, uh, construction, um, I guess it's about creating that right to start with before we even talk about the actual payment term, if you like. And so when I say right, I talk, I'm talking about things like price escalation clauses, I don't want to go too deep into this, but you want to make sure you've got that right to invoice. I guess my next point I'd make is over and above, say, price escalation and or capturing variations, um, it's about actually raising that invoice really quickly afterwards. I mean, say old saying, you, know, you don't ask, you don't get. So the sooner you ask, technically, well, in my theory, the sooner you get. <laughs> so do some businesses have a real lag in getting that, that invoice out? I mean, what are some of the examples or sort of things you've seen in terms of getting invoices out? Oh, I guess just being time poor. So if your schedule is just chocker and then they have to go home and do the invoicing at the end of the day when you're just extremely tired, they sort of will put that, put that off and, and do it the next day or the next day and it kind of just, you know, prolongs things even further. Um, so in that instance, I guess there's a, there's a few few issues there. I mean, um, scheduling's one, but secondly, you could look at maybe getting a bookkeeper to help you um, to get those invoices out timely. Yeah, I think it's about creating habit or, uh, as Jess has pointed out, put some safeguards in for yourself. If you know where your own weaknesses are, then just yeah. deal to them. But Outsource. <laughs> um, you know, I, th I think th the main thing is, is that, particularly on those examples that I gave, it's about not waiting to the month, month end or waiting till the end of the job because everyone's forgotten. It gets really, really messy and ugly. There's disputes, there's all sorts of things. Um, you should be billing those as soon as the conversation's had. I think, you know, clear, clear um, or clarity with the client um, and then really sort of racing to get that invoice out and they'll get it paid. Do businesses ever get negative feedback when they just fire those invoices out too quickly or do you think that customers sort of have an expectation that once the job's done that they should be paying? I think it's it's when they fire out the invoices over and above the expected or the contracted services they've said to do yep. um, and they just fire them out and hope for the best. <laughs> it's always going to be a niggle. <laughs> like it's just, we're just humans. So we just, no one's going to pay something without understanding what it's for. Mm. And then in that instance, it's, it's picking up the phone and having a conversation and, and being upfront about the amendment or adjustment in that invoice. And most of the time, everyone's happy if they've had that conversation, but no one likes surprise, surprise <laughs> invoices that are double what you expected. So yeah, yeah. clarity and, and being transparent is key with your customer. I think we can't not discuss COVID-19 and the impact that's had on various businesses. Has it been universal across the board? Because certainly some sectors have talked about having no money coming in the door and others, maybe that's not the case. So what can you tell me about that? Uh, I think it's, to be honest, there's some real highs and lows. 
So hospitality, for example, well, you know, all over the country, particularly in Auckland, <coughs> um, and I and I say this from watching from afar from Auckland, but hospitality in general, they've really been stretched in terms of their ability to open, the level of staffing they have to have to meet requirements. I mean, staff ratios are really important. So their wage bills are really high. So their outgoings are really high, and they've got some what were some very tentative punters coming back. Um, and then at the other end, um, again, I use construction. Well, the money was cheap, so people were just loving to build a house. So it was just go for it. In fact, people were pricing to lose um, on, really? on on contracts, um, and haven't seen that in New Zealand for well, not in my not in my career anyway. I haven't seen that. Um, so that's kind of it's really really hard to answer that question, Paul. So I, I think it's more about being open minded that not everyone's had this free money. And, um, from 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 the government, um, and have and have got, gone and, and done extra things with it. People have just got by on that, and then have still struggled even after that as well. So, yeah, really hard to to sort of tell you that there's this universal sort of COVID sort of impact. Yeah, I've I've certainly seen um, with across my entire client base those debtor days creeping up and up, sort of every month following the lockdown period. Um, Second lockdown. Yeah. And I guess it's just communication is key. So really sort of with all your customers communicating with them, um, asking when you can expect payment and sort of, you know, making sure that you align your own sort of outgoings to meet the, the time in which it will take you to be paid. So it's sort of really nailing. It's a, there's sort of a happy medium there. So paying your suppliers and then the receipt of, of the um the invoices that you issue, so finding where that sort of happy happy places for you. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know before I talked about that impact of COVID, that's been the last two years. What's the next two years going to look like? Probably the inverse, um, in terms of my my, my comment around um, construction and those those larger businesses. It's probably going to be the inverse because the money isn't cheap anymore. People are far more nervous, and it probably is going to become much more competitive around margin and markups, etc. So. Yeah, and I think one of the things that business owners have really learned from COVID um, is the key for having a cash flow forecast in place and really knowing where the cash is going for an entire 12 months or beyond. Um, and so they can really plan where they allocate those funds. Which again, must have been difficult in COVID when sometimes you'd be in a chain where the people you're invoicing are also got low cash flow and it bounces in along the chain. So I guess yeah. you can't always know how that's affecting your other clients and where that's going to ripple through to you. Yeah, yeah, I th and I think we're going to see more and more of those ripples over the next, as I say, the next 12 to 24 months. There's definitely going to be some big ripple effects. Um, yeah, um, banks are asking a lot more of people. Um, I think there's going to be some real mindset and habit changes that are going to be required of pretty much the whole of New Zealand business, more New Zealand business, going forward to, uh, keep, I guess, make sure that we don't um, cash handicap our, ourselves. So if you were to sort of give a couple of sort of final points on how I guess businesses can insulate themselves or best manage cash flow issues, what would those sort of key points be, do you think? Uh, cash flow forecast. So um, talk to your accountant or your advisor and, and sit down and re really nail down what the next 12 months are going to look like. Um, and to our point um, earlier, really nail down what those drawings are going to be as well because that is where we see, you know, the most leakage. Yes, Sam, I'm sure that's advice that all business owners will be thinking. Thank goodness for that. Great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Fuel. Make sure to follow Fuel wherever you get your podcasts.